0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game. Hi, Mike. Hi, Leah. Would you like to introduce our prestigious guest? Absolutely. I have the greatest pleasure
1: to welcome to our podcast today, Alex Gibney, who is perhaps the most famous, well-respected, and acclaimed documentary filmmaker in the world. Alex, of course, made the movie about Scientology on HBO called Going Clear, which itself won three Emmy Awards, was nominated for seven, and he has done some other amazing documentary films. In fact, Mia Maxima Culpa, his documentary about the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. was something that had a huge impact on me. And when... Larry Wright contacted me and said that Alex Gibney was planning on doing uh, a version of his book, Would I Be Interested? I was absolutely all feet in. So, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to hear you and for us to be able to at least see your smiling face. Hi, Alex Gibney. <laughs> hey, Leah. Hey, Mike. It's great to see you.
0: Thank you. And yes, and and, and as you mentioned, Mike, going clear, I was sitting wondering— what do I tweet to the public that will say, I am with you and I'm with you publicly, and it was when Going Clear came out that I wrote a tweet that confirmed yes. to the public and to the press that I was indeed out of Scientology and making a public statement, so thank you, Alex, for giving me the, the out and a way to acknowledge that I was out and on the side of the people of the stories that you were telling and thank you so much for doing going clear. Uh, it was, uh, honestly a a game changer for a lot of us and we can't thank you enough.
2: Well, thanks Leah. And thanks to you and to Mike for continuing that great work that you guys have been doing on A&E and the podcast and everything else. Thank you. I know it's very meaningful, particularly to folks who've been in and have either come out or are now in the process of coming out. It's hugely meaningful. So. Leah, I remember when, when I came to see you, you know, yeah. um, right around the time, and I you were just thinking about, you know, announcing to the world you were coming out. I think one of the things that was so interesting to me was because you were just coming out, the the degree to which you had imbibed all the language. hmm of the church was amazing to me. You know, right. because when when you were talking about it, I, I almost felt that I needed a a, a translator. It was so <laughs> intense. Yes. Um, it was a, it was it was really interesting, which shows you know how important it is to create that alternative world. Yes. Um, yes,
0: because it has its own nomenclature and it's very hard, hard to you basically to learning to speak English. The
2: prison of belief. Yeah,
0: yes, yes, amazing. So let's talk about let's talk about you and your path to uh, making this documentary and fair gaming and the fair gaming of you and HBO and Larry Wright and
1: what on earth gave you the idea that it would be a good thing to make a documentary about Scientology. Well,
2: frankly, i had been I've been resisting doing just that for about ten years. A number of people had come to me and and and, and asked me to do it, and mm-hmm. and 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 I had both because I I knew that there would be some fair gaming, so mm-hmm. there was a certain uh, risk involved. But also, I I felt it was as opposed to say the Catholic Church, the numbers of people in Scientology were relatively mm-hmm. much smaller, so it's like. Why am I going to put myself through all that agony for this? And, and, and honestly, it was Larry's idea. I mean, when I read Larry's book and I, you know, Larry came to me, we knew each other and I was resistant even to him. But when I read his book, it gave me the way in. And the whole way mm-hmm. in for me was this idea of the prison of belief. Mm-hmm. Because the prison of belief connects the, the experience of Scientology to all mm-hmm. of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think right.
2: that's the big misconception, and I think it's a it's a broader misconception on all sorts of fronts of, mm-hmm. in the world today. But the idea that there are good people and there are bad people, and yeah. the bad people are in cults and the good people are not. <laughs> right, right, what, right, right. What you begin to understand is that um, you know, there but for the grace of something go right. I, and that 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 is to say that so many. Intelligent, talented people were drawn into Scientology for sometimes very good reasons initially.
0: Right, um, because they're good and, people who think they're doing great things for the world. That's what we all believed. That's right, and, yeah. and and
2: and even at the beginning, you know, it just it seems like oh, it's just an applied philosophy, and mm-hmm. and and by the way, talking these things out to an auditor, it makes me feel so good. Um, and what's wrong with feeling better about myself? Mm-hmm. And and so. That whole idea of of somebody at a at a key moment in their life. Now mm-hmm. some people were born in, but mm-hmm. you know, so other people came to it. You know, mm-hmm. off the street, mm-hmm. to to drop in to feel good about it, and slowly but surely, to sort of evolve into or or or. Maybe to extend Larry's metaphor, to walk into that prison of belief mm-hmm. and ultimately be comfortable sitting there in the cell, even though the door is open, mm-hmm. and 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 to believe that 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 actually it's a good thing for you to stay there and right. never come out. Right. And right. when you've been in there long enough, mm-hmm. it becomes terribly hard to reckon with the idea that now to leave would mean to admit to yourself that all those years before have been somehow a, a terrible mistake or have been wasted and and so it was that very human idea and uh, after all I grew up uh you know catholic I was a good catholic boy mm-hmm. and uh and and it made me also reckon with certain aspects of 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 that experience that that, that translated very uh, capably to the mm-hmm. whole scientology experience so it was that broadly human aspect of this enterprise that made me really interested in getting involved in yeah. doing a film on.
0: And then, Alice, what what happens next as you start to dive into the world of Scientology? And because I mean, you've dealt with, with some pretty heavy subjects before. You've you've done The Inventor, you've done We Steal Secrets, the story of WikiLeaks, Mia Culpa, as Mike mentioned. Um, Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room, Client 9, The Rise and Fall of Elliot Spitzer, uh, Taxi to the Dark Side, which, for which you won an Oscar, uh, about the war in Iraq, uh, Citizen K, about Vladimir Putin, and uh, uh, Dirty Money, The Looming Tower. Um,
2: Jeez, so, it's time so, for me to
0: lighten up. No, so no, <laughs> no, 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 So my point is you've done important stories. I yes. Mean, you've, you do important, important stories that need to be told. Well, and I um, felt this
2: was one of those. and 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 had you ever
0: prior to this received this kind of treatment of fair game?
2: yeah. I mean, when we say this kind of treatment, I would say that the people in the film probably mm-hmm. had it rougher than mm-hmm. than I had it. Mm-hmm. and um, and I had been, you know, at the other end of of a campaign by conservative elements of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And the supporters of WikiLeaks came after me very hard, you know, in a social media campaign. Mm-hmm. So I was prepped to some extent, but I wasn't I really see. prepared for the extent of the uh, of the campaign, the fact that there would be documentaries made about me, the fact that, you know, people would follow me, the fact that, um, you know, 25 people would suddenly show up at my office demanding to be seen – uh you know full page ad in the new york times i mean now n- nobody deals with with newspapers anymore but at mm-hmm. the time you know full page ad in the new york times and the la times you know calling mm-hmm. me out mm-hmm. um you know so that was that was impressive um and 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 not a little bit scary but it was it was interesting and it was um you know, because uh, we should get around to to the other folks who you know who probably were more at risk than, than I was. But Mike, it was something that you told me early on that was hugely helpful to me. And and you had said, Alex, they're going to try to get inside your head, and the key thing is not to let them. That is to say, it's inculcating the idea that you are always at risk and always at, at, mm-hmm. at you know under threat that rattles around in your head, and if you let it consume you, it will consume you. Mm-hmm, so right. understand that's what's going on, and then you can see it from the outside rather than let it rattle around inside your head. And And it, it proved to be a very important moment. I remember I was going to a screening of the film in Hollywood at the Academy Theater that's on Vine Street. And coming out of the – it was at night – coming out of the dark um, – a parking lot, and suddenly somebody comes right up to me. I mean, very close. He says, "Hi, my name is Randall Stith, and I have been in the Church of Scientology for forty years. So now you know why I hate you." Oh, I said, "Oh, okay." So at that moment, I, I you know, prepared. I said, please, could you spell your name? Right. Um, and, uh, and I took it down. Probably mm-hmm. I should have, you know, taken out my iPhone and started mm-hmm. videotaping. Mm-hmm. But when I got inside and then I learned, he told me that he was making a documentary about me. So far, yeah. <laughs> the documentary hasn't come out. I'd be delighted to see it when it does. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, when I got inside... Um, after the film was over, I saw that you know Randall was sitting in the front row staring at me. And I introduced him to the audience. I said, I'd like everybody to meet Randall Stith. And he's from the Church of Scientology, and he's making a documentary about me. Mm-hmm. And then I had him stand up. And mm-hmm. that kind of diffused things in a way that um, that was uncomfortable for him and, and not so much for everybody else. Because I think, getting back to the point I was making earlier, that part of i mean there are some very serious uh physically harmful things that fair game can do and and you know you've you've had people on and you'll have other people on who can talk about that but part of it is this psychological dimension to it where you feel you're alone mm-hmm. you're you're under threat you're looking yeah. around all the time to be able to diffuse that to bring it out in the open mm-hmm. uh, is uh, I, I found hugely helpful
0: Yes, and the fact that you had your wits about you to do so. I mean, we've had a few things happen, and at every turn, people are fumbling for their phones. They they don't think to get their phone. They, you know, they get scared, and like you said, it takes a psychological toll on you because then you start thinking, where was this person? What did they see? Where, oh my God! You know, are are they where my kids are? Are they? And it does. It has a way of. Um, Permeating your thoughts and, and and really it's a very scary thing for people who have not dealt with this. And most people have not dealt with this in their life. Uh, you have in, in some capacity, but not to to this extent with Scientology. And so what was his role, Mike? Is he a representative of OSA? What 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 is he yeah. he's just a Scientologist?
1: He's, he's uh, one of the special people that is designated by the Office of Special Affairs to perform those sort of functions. If right. you look him up on IMDB, which you can, yeah. he has three credits, okay. which are three films for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. A Scientology front group. Which, of course, group. is a Scientology front group. That's it. Right. That's, all, that's all he's ever done. He's no documentary filmmaker, he's just a Scientologist that produces propaganda pieces for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Yes. But actually, interestingly, Alex, something I had never thought of before, you're mentioning that what I told you about the my it suddenly dawned on me that everything around Scientology, talking about the prison of belief and now talking about the mind games of fair game and Mm -hmm. harassment and intimidation, it's all psychological warfare, Mm -hmm. psychological control. The whole subject is really that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that Larry focused and then you focused on the prison of belief, Mm -hmm. and we're talking about fair game, which for the most part is psychological warfare. I mean, there is some physical aspects to it, but like you just said, it's getting inside your head and making you scared and making you worried about what might happen. And I never really dawned on me that these two things are so closely interconnected.
2: Well, and for L. Ron Hubbard, who was such an enemy of the whole idea of psychiatry, you know, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of elements of psychology that play all the time. I mean, I just think he was pissed off that he got nasty letters about some of his therapy, and so he, he made it his mission to make psychiatry an enemy, but there's so much about, you know, what he does, which is trying to play tricks with your head, trying right. to play tricks with your mind, right. um, that is, is so much a part of all of this.
0: Alex, you were talking about the people who appeared in the documentary that was uh, premiered at the two- 2015 Sundance Film Festival and was released in 2015 on, on HBO. It was a huge success. Most watched doc, right, on HBO at that time. It's non- still. A, yeah. Nominated for seven Emmys, like Mike said. Uh, it received a Peabody Award and won the award for Best Documentary Screenplay from the Writers Guild of America. But it, it featured people like Mike, right? Mike's been yep. fair-gamed. Paul Haggis, he's been fair-gamed. Marty Rathbun, he's been fair-gamed, but not so much anymore because he, he's a turncoat and went back into Scientology. Jason Begay was in it. He was fair-gamed. Jake, he was, huh? yeah. Spanky, Spanky Taylor was in it. She was yep. fair-gamed. Tom DeVocht, fair-gamed. Hannah, Hannah Ellington.
1: Oh, Ellingtron. Ellington. Yeah, so yeah. Him.
0: yeah, she was in it, fair game. Sarah Goldberg, she was in it. She was fair game. Tony Ortega, of course, in it, fair gamed. And so, And by the way, two today, Mark Headley in it, fair gamed, right? But also, HBO, let's talk about HBO, the fair gaming of HBO. Scientology tried to block not only the the. the I think the release of the book, right when it was when it was going to be released. Well, they right? successfully
2: blocked the release of the book in certain territories, like uh, the United Kingdom, for example, uh-huh. I, yep. where libel laws are not favorable to authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were never able to block, uh, you know, the the publication of Larry's book here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was a moment where Larry was writing his first article about Paul Haggis for the New Yorker, mm-hmm. where. Uh, as part of the fact checking process, uh, uh, representatives of Scientology showed up with something like 20 bankers' boxes full of evidence from the church as to why he was so
0: wrong. And so and forth what and was so on. the evidence? I mean, what was? Well, the
2: evidence? you'll have to the evidence ended up <laughs> 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 once the representatives of Scientology left the room, David Remnick turned to Larry Wright, I believe is the way it happened, Mm -hmm. and said, oh, now you bastard, you've got your book, i.e. they just provided him (laughs) with all the material that was going to be the material for his book, which is exactly what happened. So you want to know what the evidence is? It's in his book because they gave him chapter and verse of of the creation and perpetuation of Scientology. So they were, I think, thought that they were fair gaming him, but they... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they had the tables turned in that particular Correct.
0: case. And then what happened with HBO? Uh, what did Scientology do? Uh, so, am I asking the right questions, Mike? I'm not sure. Absolutely. Okay, great. Absolutely. Okay.
2: Yeah, so uh, Sheila Nevins was approached uh, at a screening, I believe, in London, um, and suddenly confronted. I mean, that's their specialty is confronting you in moments and places where you least expect it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a bit shocking to her. But then what, what I found... More interesting was the volume of legal letters that we began to receive mm. from from the church. Now, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, HBO, you know, a lot of broadcasters, and indeed, and I went back and checked this before this interview, mm. a lot of broadcasters not only declined to do documentaries about Scientology because mm-hmm. they were afraid of the mm-hmm. prestigiousness of Scientology. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, you had Rich Behar on, and I believe the – the Time Magazine lawsuit was one of the most expensive media lawsuits mm-hmm. in history. Mm-hmm. But they were afraid of that. But even when I was doing Going Clear, when we went to license footage of Scientologists appearing on Anderson Cooper or mm-hmm. whatever, we they wouldn't license it to us because they were afraid it was going to come back and haunt them. They were going to be, um, you know, one of the key things about this film was that, we didn't go in the front door. Mostly it's a film about people who left the church. Mm-hmm. So we interviewed people like Spanky, like Jason, like Paul. and But we had to keep that very secret, even uh, where we conducted those interviews. I would use burner phones to call them. And then I would go to the location, you know, maybe four or five hours before they would arrive. And then they would arrive in a car just going someplace Random, so that there wouldn't be a kind of an association with the uh, filming of this, with 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 their everyday movement. So it it was very carefully constructed to try to take the pressure off of the people I was interviewing. But when the film came out, you know, I I know Jason told me you know he had people follow him uh, back to his apartment in Chicago, and so just to let him know that they knew where he lived lived. that's right and Leah I mean um, Spanky was followed down the street dark at night um, by some very big individuals, let just letting her know that they were following her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it
0: was uh, and and they're physically intimidating, it's very all physically intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, you're you're a woman walking mm-hmm. alone at night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on a shadowy street, and, sure. and two very big people come up behind you and are following you. That's right. a seriously intimidating thing. That's the threat of physical harm, in, in, right. in a way that's uh. You know that that was far more scary for sure. Spanky than than anything that happened to me. I mean, they tried to do things to me, but but you know, I I felt I was forewarned and therefore forearmed by by right. some of what Mike had taught me.
1: Right, Alex, I, I remember when Mark Headley and I arrived in Salt Lake to go <laughs> to to That's go right. to the uh Sundance Film Festival for the premiere. There was some guy waiting for us with a camera who was like, he looked like he came, uh, just had stepped out of the Sturgis, you know, motorcycle gang festival. (laughs) He was like 250 pounds with a leather biker jacket. And he was there clearly, obviously waiting for us and let us know that he was there to follow us up to Park City. It was, you know, just the typical Scientology fair game. We are going to be there, present, in your face, confronting you and making you think and worry that things might happen that are outside of your control. So, you know, it it happened to everybody. I think that everybody on the list that appeared in the film ultimately was, in some way or another, confronted by Scientology fair game like during and after the release.
0: Yeah, like you said, Scientology tried to block the release, right? Ten days before the film was to premiere, they took out full-page ads in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, right? They did a whole smear campaign, a special report, you know, quote-unquote attacking the film, Uh, They had an expensive campaign to block it internationally. uh, uh, And this is a quote from Alex Gimme every step of the way, every distributor, every festival has received multiple threatening letters from the Church of Scientology. Some have come very close to buckling.
2: Yeah, it took a lot of convincing to persuade the Sydney Film Festival in Australia, for example, to to let a show there because the Church of Scientology threatened them with ruinous lawsuits if they persevered. But, right. you know, they, they were able to go forward. I- ITV, you know, the partner in the UK, uh, put our original premiere date on hold and delayed for some time because there's, a, there's an arcane difference between libel laws in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the United Kingdom. And the church, which had hired a very well-regarded uh, attorney, mm-hmm. who I knew from another film, to threaten the network, Mm-hmm. You know, they were prepared to, you know, ITV was scared enough of that possibility so that mm-hmm. it delayed our, our broadcast for some time. And insurance was ruinously expensive for us sure, um, because we were insured for our broadcast in the United States, but it mm-hmm. took a, a policy with Lloyd's of London to be able to uh, be insured throughout the rest of the world. I mean, it was it was hugely expensive to be able right. to prepare for it. Right. But I think we, we were ready. Yeah. Um, and that, that that made all the difference.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think, like you said, it was everybody else who wasn't Freddie. For example, Tony Ortega, who, you know, um, does an, an amazing uh, – has an amazing website and has been exposing Scientology for years, was never a Scientologist. But uh, Scientology or through Scientology's lawyers, they hired a private investigator. Mike, what was that guy's name? Uh, The guy who... Oh, uh, Saldarriaga. Yes. Eric Saldarriaga. Right, and he hacked, uh, uh, he was... Me and Tony. Yes, he hacked your computers and he uh, ended up pleading guilty, right, to this federal charge of of, of conspiracy to commit computer hacking on behalf of Scientology. Both you and Tony. Paul Haggis reported that he had spies posing as a reporter for Time. This is Scientology's front magazine that's still going today and attempted to interview him in a possible attempt to attain materials he used against him. And it goes on today, everybody. The campaign against Paul is continuing today. We're going to get to that another time. Uh, but, you know, Scientology, they, they contacted film critics complaining that the reviews of Going Clear were filled with bald-faced lies. And on top of all this, Alex, you would think that, you know, Going Clear right, you did this in 2000, was released in 2015, you think, okay, you've moved on to different stories, you've made many documentaries after this, but, you know, I follow you on social media, and I'll see a tweet going, hey, if anybody's pretending to be an interviewer for a magazine, pretending to be a friend, like, it's still going on today. Well, and and, if and they still goof, have their hate website up of you. It's still
2: costing them money. And tax, and exempt, those, tax those, exempt money. Don't worry. They have lots of spend are Alex. So hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They're they're almost. I mean, I I, I I've enjoyed them. Let me,
1: let me, let me right. just say. But but Alex, there there is another thing that you should recognize and take some comfort in. Your film changed the way the at least broadcast media addresses Scientology now. We would you, not have had a show if well, it was not for you. Y- exactly. You made it acceptable for people to make films or pe- news pieces or whatever on Scientology. And prior to you, the only people that had really done anything was the the St. Petersburg Times, Joe Childs and Tom Tobin in their series of articles in the St. Petersburg Times. And like way before that, Rich Behar, but as we talked to him about, you know, that lawsuit and the actions against time magazine had a horrendous chilling effect on the media. You and HBO changed that. Like print media was one thing coming out on HBO with a, straight up this is the the raw unvarnished truth about Scientology made a tremendous difference and you should be like you should be very proud of that and i hope that you are because no it, I,
2: I am proud of it and i was also hugely proud and grateful to HBO who backed yes. me up 100%. I mean they really went to the mat uh, with me and um and and supported the film tremendously. Hired the lawyers necessary. Um, you know, the, I had a bodyguard that that went with me to various um events. Um, necessary one time, but they understood what they were getting into, and they were ready to do it because they thought it was important. And I do know from talking right. to a Amazing. number of, of of um uh of uh, people who had left the church. That they also felt a huge burden off their backs, mm-hmm. that they now felt yes. that they were able to talk openly about their experiences of having been in the church and having left it, that, that it gave them license to come forward in a way that they hadn't, yes. hadn't done before. So both in the media and I think for, for, for that community, which Wait, you guys know better than I do, it but, but it, it, it seemed like um, uh, it, it really did have an impact. Oh, huge.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Enormous.
2: Do we want to just
0: do we just want to ask about the one thing because the one time you said that it was necessary to have the bodyguard? Oh
2: it, yeah, it wasn't super serious, but it was just you know walking down a street and suddenly somebody popped out, had a camera, and was clearly a Scientologist and moved very aggressively toward me. That that point, the the bodyguard interposed himself between right. me and and them and asked them just to move on. Um, you know, it was it was somewhat disquieting. Of but, course. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, people are just not used to that happening. You know, like, uh, you know, in the business that I in, mean, you know, we're used to paparazzi, but they're very visible. I mean, they want to take the picture. They want to move on. They don't want to. One time there was somebody in my neighborhood following me and I had cut him off and I actually parked my car in front of his and I got out. And, and he literally was like, I'm just a paparazzi. I'm not from the Church of Scientology. I'm just a paparazzi. You know, like and that and that said a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like that I was about to I don't know what I was about to do. I'm from Brooklyn, so I don't know actually what I was going to do. But the fact that he was like he had to say that he wasn't from Scientology <laughs> <laughs> to put me at ease. I was like, Oh, for the first time, I'm like, Thank God, get get a right. good picture of me. And you can go. <laughs>
1: Just something else that you touched upon, yeah. Alex, was you said that you had this idea, well, the Catholic Church is huge, but Scientology is sort of a more limited audience and whatever. And Leah yeah. mentioned the the success of the film when it came out. But mm-hmm. I went to the premiere in Sun at Sundance, and it was perhaps the most overwhelming experience I have had in my life. I recall sitting in that and the place being so packed, like jam packed. No, like they had to were turn people- away hundreds and hundreds of people. hmm to come to the premiere and all of these people coming up to us and saying what, how brave you are and what a wonderful and how it, what an experience it was and blah, 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 and the standing ovation and the, the accolades. And at that moment right then at that premiere was exactly what you're just talking about. Okay, things have changed. Mm-hmm. This is now a different world. What Alex and HBO and Larry have done mm-hmm. has changed the world for Scientologists, ex-Scientologists, and everybody else. And it, it was it was remarkable. I You know, I don't have anything to compare it to. I haven't been to any premieres for anything. You probably do and maybe can give it some context. But from my perspective, that was a, a true mm-hmm. moment in my life.
2: No, it was a it was a hugely compelling moment because, as you noted before, there had been a kind of de facto Mm -hmm. um, chilling of any discussion of things related to Scientology, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in the movies in part mm-hmm. because of very powerful people like Tom Cruise and John Travolta mm-hmm. who were in the motion picture industry and become leaders, I mean, you know, at, at, at one particular studio, but also because of the litigiousness of the past. So there was this sense like, oh my God, the secret sauce is finally going to <laughs> yeah. be exposed. Yeah. And that's why there was a, a jam fest to, in order to be able to get into that that I've never seen since at, 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 at Sundance. There was mm-hmm. a, because there was a feeling like if you might see this, and then you might never get a chance to see it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, but happily, you know, that was just the beginning. Yes, um, yes. You know, there was a there was a brief shutdown. I think in terms of some of the theaters in mm-hmm. Florida that were trying to show the film,
0: mm-hmm. they yep. were they of were course. afraid
2: and 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 had to shut it down. But that that screening at Sundance was really a revelation. It was like an escape valve had been opened. And now you had permission to talk. You had permission to speak about this subject in a way that you didn't have before. And the cat was out of the bag. Yeah. It was a big moment.
0: Yeah, for all of us, for all of us. I mean, it really was, I think, the first time that there was a collective, like, finally, in, in such a big way to, and like Mike mentioned, you know, having HBO be the one who said yes to it uh, was also big. I mean, it just says a lot to all of us who are sitting back going, is there anyone, is there anyone who will tell these stories? And, and and you guys did, and you did an amazing job. And thank God that it's still there. And like you're saying, people can see it and view it. And we often say, watch Going Clear, then watch the aftermath, then go to this block. You know, it's like part of the repertoire that we give people to uh, deprogram themselves.
2: <laughs> but but it, it gets to the heart of something that's really important too, which is that this whole idea of secrecy Mm-hmm. Is so important to a cult like Scientology mm-hmm. that that to be able to enforce silence yes is is such a critical part of the program yeah and and that's where you know you're reminded of that great Justice Brandeis quote you know sunlight is the ultimate disinfectant mm-hmm. that you can expose uh, the reality and once you've opened the light. I'm a, a, a fan of those old hammer horror films, particularly the vampire films. It's mm-hmm. like yes, yeah, yeah. taking, taking the, the, the drapes and pulling them yes. across and Dracula's roasted in the sunlight, you know. Yes. But, but allowing, breaking the silence is, mm-hmm. is, is really a, a critical part of this because by keeping people encased mm-hmm. in a system of jargon, mm-hmm. secrecy, insularity, You know, it really um, it it solidifies that control and that control only gets uh, loosened when you can remove those the sort of pledges of secrecy.
1: Yes, I wanted to ask Alex because you you did something unprecedented, Alex, which was after the film came out you wrote an editorial piece that appeared in the Los Angeles times. Mm -hmm. And I remember both you and Larry had spoken to me when we were making the film and afterwards about the horror that this organization that is shown in going clear has tax exempt status. And Uh, this is something that Leah and I talk about Mm -hmm. often and is something that I think is exceedingly important. And you made the point in the editorial, look, they have a right to believe anything they Mm -hmm. want to believe. But after we've been through what we had to go through in making this film and hearing from the people who had participated in Scientology, it is horrifying to me that American taxpayers are subsidizing these abusive practices. That's right. And I want to thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, that's a pretty unprecedented thing for a filmmaker exactly. to do such a thing. What compelled you to get yourself into the LA Times with an editorial piece?
2: Well, it, it, it was a human rights issue. And, and, and the idea that... Um, A church or a Mm -hmm. cult can hide behind religiosity Mm -hmm. um, to be able to excuse. Uh, human rights abuses, but not only that, but to, to have them be subsidized by the American taxpayer just seemed like such an affront. And it, and it relates to Scientology, but it relates more broadly to other organizations as well. It's like if you're being subsidized by the American taxpayer to commit human rights uh-huh. abuses, something is terribly wrong. So that's why, I mean, it it just led to a you know, having done the film, it it led to a broader social policy issue that that was terribly important. And obviously Mm -hmm. in the film, you know, we cover the campaign against the IRS and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it shows how ruthless people can force institutions to do the wrong thing Mm -hmm. unless people speak up and demand that they do the right thing. So that was the motivation, really.
0: And, Mike, you're going to post that on the website? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, good. It, it will be on the
1: fairgamepodcast.com web, website as this episode is. Yeah, good. Okay. Along with all the other documents, I'll put some of the the smish shit from Scientology and the, the ads in the to New York somebody, Times and that sort of stuff.
0: I'm just glad to hear, <laughs> you know, Alex deals with this, you know, I mean, you, I go, can you believe, you know, and I, I love to hear somebody kind of react the way they should react, which is laughing at it, enjoying the, how horrible they are at filmmaking and storytelling. I mean, for me, it's still kind of shocking, Alex, to see this. You know, an organization calling itself a church, parading around as a as a as a business for profit, but it's a dangerous cult uh, using its tax exemption to bully and silence people, and it's also to also what the message that it's sending to to victims and future victims of Scientology is, you know. Shut your mouth or this is what's going to happen to you. And not everybody knows how to deal with that. And it can put people over the edge, which is the purpose of it. It's right. to try to drive people insane and to discourage future victims from coming forward, or even filing a welfare check on a family member who's right. at gold being abused, or any Scientology organization being abused, uh, or being held against their will. And and unfortunately, like you said, Alex, it's a lot about, you know, the prison of belief is probably one of the best, uh, um, <laughs> Phrases descriptive. of uh, descriptive, yes, exactly yeah. uh, of what how the, it explains it explains Scientology uh, because I've often talked to Mike ad nauseum where he's like, "Stop pitching me these stupid ideas about how I, we've thought about it. They won't work." You know, I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna drop a drone. We're gonna get a drone pamphlets into the gold base. Anybody wants to leave, just jump over the gate. Just jump over the gate. We're here right now, right?" go with a megaphone. With a, this we're going let's get a police officer to go in there and go hey everybody and Mike's like none of this will work. None of this will work. This is what they'll do to stop all of this. We've thought of all of it, right? And Mike said which was heartbreaking to me, even if you got onto a base, even if you had an audience with a mother or a father or a child, they won't walk out the gate. They will they will stand there believing that we are the enemies, that's what they've been taught, that's what we've been taught, and that's so unfortunate. There's no access to information, like the gold base that you covered in, in Going Clear, uh, but there's, they do have access to information as a parishioner, like I did, but refused to look, because right. I was <laughs> taught not to look. And why would you want to look at anything disparaging against your church who's doing these amazing things for the world?
2: Yes, I remember John Mm -hmm. Travolta came out against the film. He was horrified by it. He said, this is a terrible, terrible film. And somebody said, well, have you watched it? He said, oh, no, I would never watch it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. Why would I watch something against my church? And if you You ask any celebrity Scientologist or any Scientologist, for that matter, well, what, what particularly did you find offensive or wrong? Or they couldn't answer you because they didn't watch it.
2: Yeah, no, that's the pernicious thing about the prison of belief, yes. is that the cell door is open. Sure. Yes. And yes. And, it, and and it and what it takes is an act of will to just yes. walk through it.
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, and many people willingly stay inside the cell. Yes, um, yes. But, you know, the, the more noise that's, that's outside and the more that's available to them, I think, the more they'll 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 take that opportunity
0: well thank you for making noise alex and 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 for con- if i can call you alex, i don't know if i'm supposed to call you mr gibney where are we at? alex okay alex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you alex for sp for, for, just call me sp for yes sp sp number <laughs> one uh thank you so much for continuing to shine the light and expose uh scientology and clearing the way for us to tell many stories after you and uh and for continuing to be in it because like mike said you don't have to you could just you you know, i did my thing i'm on to other amazing documentaries and exposing other uh important stories of the world and you continue to stay in the fight with us and we appreciate you alex gibney and uh until next time uh did mike did you want to say uh thank you i
1: i just wanted to thank alex and it's wonderful to see you again Yes. Keep up the great work, whatever you're doing. And whatever thank you your for doing this with us is, today. We'll yes. love it. Yes, we'll, we'll love for- it as Thanks. always.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, yes. Leah. And right thank back you at you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Alex. And thank you to all of you for listening and supporting this podcast. And we'll you'll hear us next week. Thank you. Have a good day.